Welcome to Canadian Crime Chicks. This podcast is intended for mature audiences and contains coarse language. This episode features descriptions of self-harm, postpartum psychosis, multiple murders, and people raising dogs for steaks. If you are not offended or disturbed by any of these topics, you are ready for Canadian Crime Chicks. Hey girl, hey. Hey girl, hey. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, living the dream. Things per usual. How about you? Nice. Did you do anything interesting this weekend? I went to go see my dad and I went to a high school football game. That was pretty fun. Oh, no way. My nephew plays football. He plays tackle football. And he's a fucking beast. He's like, he's so, he's so good. It's just really funny because they're you know they're like all amped up and he tackled this one kid and this kid got really mad and like pushed him so my nephew pushed him back and this kid pushed my nephew again and my nephew was gonna straight deck him like he was ready to just fucking lay him out this kid and the ref had to get between them and i was like yeah kill him Rip his <laughs> get him yeah it was pretty cool though it, they're you know they're really talented and it's interesting what they learn and how they learn to do what they do and stuff. And he's like, <laughs> it's fun. He's a really, really, really good kid. You know, like every teenage boy, he's oblivious to things. Right. So, you know, oftentimes I'll be like, Hey, can you do this thing? Or like, Hey buddy, like hurry up or like, whatever. Right. Like you remind him because he's a kid. But then he's like telling me how he's like reading this guy's body language. And it's like, shut up. <laughs> it's cute it's fun oh that's hilarious and i just i loved watching him play and it it was just it was really fun it's really fun to watch him play and i just love him so much and i was so proud of him and it was just really really fun and i went with my niece and i drove up together and i was she was telling me she's like i listen to your podcast auntie i'm like oh you do she's like yeah it's so good (laughs) so she my niece oh that is so cute shout out to violet (laughs) yeah so that was fun she gave me some episode ideas so we'll have to future episodes will you know be recommended as per violet so you have to let me know what they are yeah we'll have to anyways how about you how was your weekend it was good i went market jumping yesterday so that was fun all the cute little summer pop-up markets are now in effect with all the snow gone and spring or summer pretty much here (laughs) yes love that part of summer right oh I love farmer's market same me me too I love them and I'm always happy to like just go check out what's new what's going on what's in stores and oh yeah I love that part too right and there's so many festivals happening this year too now that COVID's done I'm like so excited for this summer yeah yeah now that they've like released restrictions and things you can go back to doing the shit you used to do and be normal again yeah my name's amber and i'm Brittany. let's get high and talk about crime what are we discussing this week Brittany? so we are talking about andrea yates and the story actually made me cry a little bit like i actually cried like this like oh it's so sad and so tragic yeah, you know, I I found it really hard when I especially when I heard about this. Cause this happened in June of 2001. And I was I was in high school when this happened. And I remember it coming on CNN. Oh wow. I remember because this was 
just shortly before 9-11 happened. I was in grade nine when this happened. I remember hearing about it and thinking like, what, what would cause someone to do this to their own children? And, you know, now that I've researched this case, I understand what caused this woman to break. She confessed to drowning her five children. She was dealing with uh, severe postpartum depression and she was experiencing what is known as postpartum psychosis, as well as she had schizophrenia. And so postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis are very different. Um, A lot of people will experience postpartum depression after they have their babies, just because your hormones change a lot and and a lot of things happen and, and a lot of things change and you're going through a lack of sleep and trauma to your body. So You know, postpartum depression can come in different varying degrees and some women experience it moderate and mild and some women are very extreme. And in in this case, this postpartum psychosis is a numerous amount of symptoms caused and created by different things, but can be exacerbated by schizophrenia. And so with Andrea, um, She experienced delusions and mood swings and some severe personality changes. And she was actually told prior to her fifth pregnancy that she shouldn't have any more children for a while or maybe not at all because she had experienced such bad postpartum depression with her first four babies that her doctor actually strongly urged her to not have any more children And her church pastor and her husband actually persuade her into continuing to have children because it was God's will. Yeah, seven weeks after the doctor told her that, she got pregnant again with her fifth kid. It made me really angry. Like, I was so pissed at this pastor. That's who I was really mad at. Your your doctor's telling you, hey, like you've got a chemical imbalance in your brain. And her pastor basically told her, no, it's chemical nothing. This doctor doesn't know anything. This doctor isn't, is is not living the word of God. So you better not listen to them. And like, I don't know how the pastor wasn't held accountable for this. That's what I wanted to know. I thought for sure that he should be held accountable for this for, for at least something because he helped facilitate this. He basically made her think that something was spiritually wrong with her. Not that something was actually wrong with her brain chemistry. Not that she was actually a severely mentally ill woman just that she wasn't praying hard enough. And that made me really fucking mad. I just wanted to go rocking. (laughs) (laughs) Just go high five his face with a bus. Yeah. Andrea was a born and raised Texan. She had came from a big family. She came from a family of five kids. Her parents had immigrated to the United States, her mom from Germany and her dad, um, who was from Ireland She dealt with um, eating disorders during her teenage years and had a really bad bout of bulimia um, when she was 17 and had been reportedly suicidal kind of all through high school, which is really terrible. But she was a really smart girl. She graduated class valedictorian. She was part of the National Honor Society. She was captain of the swim team and she decided she was going to become a nurse. So she actually worked as a registered nurse and that's where she kind of started working. She worked at the University of Texas and she actually met her husband 
through her work and his name was Rusty. They moved in together and got married in 1993. They said, you know, we're going to have as many babies as we can. We're going to have as many babies as God will bless us with. And we are going to just have them babies. (laughs) So their first child, Noah, was actually born in February of 1994. And just before Rusty accepted a job in in Florida. So they ended up relocating to a a small trailer in Seminole. By the birth of their third child, Paul, they moved back to Houston and actually purchased a motorhome, which I thought was a bit strange purchasing a motorhome. I mean, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like with three kids, like... You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. She had these kids pretty quick together. Her fourth child was born in 1999. So from 1994 to 1999, she had four kids. She had four kids under four in 1999. Like, that's a lot of kids. And, you know, she was really depressed. Her husband came home from work one day and saw her, like, really, really agitated. She was, like, chewing her nails and chewing her skin and picking at her hair and like just not good. The next day she actually attempted suicide. She overdosed on pills and then she was put in the hospital for a little bit. They kept her in the hospital for a little while. They released her and told her to take antidepressants. She got home from the hospital and she held a knife up to her throat and told Rusty, I really just want to die. You need to let me die please just let me die. And Rusty's like, no, you just need to pray. You just need to get right with God. We need to pray our way through this. We're going to get you better, but don't worry about those drugs. She again was hospitalized after this knife incident and they got her through some really, really good antipsychotic medications. As soon as she was released from the hospital, this, this next stint, she seemed to be doing really well. He actually got a really small house. After that, they were no longer living in this camper because that's where they were living. They didn't just like in this motorhome. They weren't just like in the motorhome for funsies. They were living in a motorhome. Which again is an odd thing to buy. Like when it's like you have three kids, like it's just a very, very small cramped area for that big of a family. Yeah. It's said to be that purchasing this home helped her mental state because she felt more grounded. She felt like she wasn't going to be driving all over the fucking place with Rusty with these kids. You know, she could lock a door. <laughs> she could kind of get some space. Seemed like things were going okay for a little bit, but then again, she had another couple suicide attempts and stayed in the hospital for quite a long period of time. During the summer of 1999, she was hospitalized twice for two suicide attempts in two different psychiatric hospitalization stints. So at that point, that's when the doctor, Dr. Eileen Starbranch said, please don't have any more children. This will, this will be bad for you. This will not be good. This doctor said, I guarantee a future psychotic episode will take place where Andrea will either hurt herself or someone else if you do not take this seriously. So what, what, what does she do? She goes home and her husband convinces her to have another baby seven weeks after a long stay in a psychological care unit with a psychologist telling you, Hey, like this is not good for your wife. She's in a bad place. Maybe don't have any more kids. 
what do they do? They have more kids. That's so selfish. She decided to stop taking her antipsychotics because she thought that they might be bad for the baby. So she stopped taking her drugs, cold turkey, which is really, really bad. But she had her daughter marry and things seemed to be going really, really good. And then her father died. She began immersing herself in the religion. She wasn't feeding the baby properly. She was reading the Bible and she was cutting herself. She wasn't taking care of herself very well and she became really sick. She was hospitalized again and, you know, she was hospitalized. She was under the care of a doctor. And then one day Rusty decided that she needed to come home. And so the hospital released her from what I understand against all of the advice from medical professionals they released her and let her go home she felt like she was going to hurt somebody she knew that she said that she felt like she was going to hurt somebody she filled up her bathtub and said she planned on drowning the children that day but she decided against it she knew she had a moment of clarity and said no today is not the day so she went to the hospital again and her doctor said oh i don't think she's going to actually hurt the children she was going to hurt herself So they released her. They put her on her medication again and they released her because they said, oh, she was probably just going to, you know, hurt herself. And so I don't think that the children are in any danger. So this is at the beginning of May in 2001. She waited for her husband to go to work. He left her alone to watch the children unsupervised against the doctor's advice because his mom was coming over later. Rusty called her, his mom, Dora, and said, mom, can you come over? And she said, yeah, I'll be there in an hour. So he left the house and went to work against the doctor's order. She was not to be left alone with the children. The doctor made that very fucking clear to Rusty. He said, do not leave her alone, not for five minutes, not for nothing. He left her alone for an hour. By the end of that hour, all five kids were dead. It's so sad. So what she did was she put the stopper in the tub, filled the tub with lukewarm water. And she started killing her kids one by one. She killed John first, took him out, dried him off, and laid him on the bed. Then she went and took Paul, drowned him, dried him off, put him on the bed. Went and got Luke, laid him on the bed. Then she drowned Mary, and she left Mary floating in the tub while she went to get something else. Don't know. But Noah came in, and he said, Mom, what's wrong with Mary? And she just looked at him. She said she just looked at him and he realized something was wrong and he took off. He ran away, but she caught him and then she drowned him. She left him floating in the tub. She took Mary. She placed him in John's arms on the bed and she called the police. In the call, she just repeats, I need an officer. She would not say why. She just repeated herself several times, hung up the phone. She called Rusty at work. And she said, Rusty, I really just need you to come home. I need to come home now. And uh, she admitted she knew what she was doing that day. She told a psychologist, I waited till Rusty went. And I knew that he was okay with leaving me alone with the kids because he trusted me. And that he would have prevented her from doing this. So that's why she waited until he was gone. The police found the family dog was locked up that day. And Rusty said, yeah, like the dog usually ran around free in the house, but she said she locked the dog up because she didn't want it to interfere with her killing the children. 
they started the trial and they wanted the death penalty. They wanted her to die. They didn't think that Andrea deserved to live. Throughout the trial, the jury basically refused that. They said, no, like, this woman was really ill. Everyone who saw this woman, who was her doctor, who knew this woman, knew that she was really unwell. And Rusty was given really specific instructions to not leave her alone with the kids. The doctors knew she was really sick. They had said that she had some severe mental illness issues. She's not responsible entirely for this. She was convicted. They gave her life imprisonment with the eligibility of parole after 40 years. Another thing I really do think if you get charged with harming your children or you harm your children in any way, like there should be a mandatory law that you need to be fixed and you are no longer allowed to have children. You know, I've thought about that too. I'd like to say that I entirely agree with that. But then I remember that there's people who are falsely accused. There are people who go to jail and they aren't guilty. But then I think about the flip side of things. Casey, Anthony. Yep. Perfect example. Or I was even reading another story earlier today about this girl who microwaved her baby to death. Yep. Yeah. Like, Like, no. Like, it's just awful. So I was kind of wondering, like, okay, this whole thing. she That's what she was found guilty of. But then they appealed her conviction and they actually found that one of the doctors that testified under oath, he gave false testimony. He stated that she may have been influenced by an episode of Law and Order about a woman who drowned her children. And this woman was acquitted of murder by reason of insanity. And they found out that no episode had existed at this time and that It hadn't been until after her case is when this episode aired. So she was actually found not guilty at her second trial by reason of insanity. However, she was released on bail with the condition that she must be admitted to a mental health facility. Basically, she's now in a mental health facility in Texas. She is there. I don't know if it's indefinitely. She's going to be there. She's got a mental defect is what they call it. And they want her to stay in the mental hospital. I wanted to know more about why Rusty did what he did. And, you know, why did he leave? If he knew his wife was that sick, why did he leave? And he said that he wanted to do this to help her become more independent because him and his mom couldn't help her take care of the kids forever. And he said that all depressed people just need a swift kick in the pants and they just need motivation. Oh, mistake number one. Like the doctor literally told him. Your wife's sick. Like you can't leave her alone. You need to wait until she's better to start leaving her alone again. I feel like he was very selfish in this whole situation. He he was. And he claimed that he was never told that his wife was psychotic. I never knew that she could harm the children. You know, I I never would have considered having more children with her had I known this. And like three separate psychologists said, uh, yeah, yeah, we did. We actually told you that. And we actually told you that several different times. Here's when we told you that. And he was just like, nope. And so where'd this come from? And that's where this pastor comes in. 
Rusty is just, you know, this is my religious belief. You can't deny me from my freedom of religion, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's up to the medical community, I guess, or whatever to figure it out. And the doctors kind of said, like, we think maybe Rusty's just ashamed of his wife for having a mental illness and that maybe he's just embarrassed or that maybe he couldn't handle the truth. I don't know. But it was just really, it was really maddening to me. Yeah, especially when everybody literally told him not to. And he's like, oh, no, you never told me it's told me that. Well, yeah, motherfucker, we, we actually didn't tell you this. Yeah, yeah. And Rusty's like, oh, I never knew that it was this bad. Well, when your wife's saying that she's having visions and hearing voices and that she, you know, had thoughts of hurting the children and herself, what do you think she means? Like, do you think she's kidding, Rusty? Do you think she's full of shit, Rusty? And, you know, he just said he never, never knew it. And he didn't have a clue. And that he was just, no, it's got to be something else. And so she was on medications and he says, oh, the medications just made her worse. Oh, the doctors don't know anything. And, oh, it's a, it's a med, med error. And it's a med reaction. And that's what it is, is that, oh, she just, she just had a med reaction. And if she was never on these damn things, she would have never hurt our kids. And there's no evidence that any of that was actually true they think that maybe because of one of her meds stopping really abruptly that that could have triggered something that's a possibility but Rusty doesn't know what he's talking about he's more concerned about him and the pastor they were all hellfire and brimstone this guy was really bizarre apparently the pastor his name is Michael Rornecki and Basically, he was bizarre. He made her feel like she was maybe just a little possessed by the devil or she had demons. And that's why she was doing this, not because she was actually mentally ill. And they said, oh, no, like I have no word for that. And then like she said, you know, she had been thinking about killing her kids for two years. She was not a good mother. Her sons weren't developing properly. She said, you know, that her children weren't righteous. They stumbled because I was evil and the way I was raising them, they couldn't be saved and they were doomed to perish in the fires of hell because of what this pastor was telling her. I watched this interview of the psychiatrist, like of her telling the psychiatrist all of this stuff. And he literally goes, he's like, so where are your kids now in hell? Well, like what made you do all of this? And exactly just like you said, you said, my children weren't righteous. They stumbled because I was evil. And he then asked her to kind of explain a little bit more. Mm-hmm. what she meant by that and she's like well they weren't listening to me they weren't doing as they were told they were whining their children and basically exactly literally everything a child would do and to her that was a seven the seventh deadly sin they could never be saved Andrew and her husband did eventually divorce and i'm glad i'm glad that they divorced because honestly like i think had it not been for rusty this whole situation wouldn't have happened and i do blame him a little bit in this because you know he saw his wife struggling and he he ignored it. He was blissfully unaware, whatever. It just pissed me off. And then he married another woman. He was with her until they divorced in 2015. So they were married for nine years before they, they divorced. And I was just kind of wondering, like, what, like, how does he, how does he live with himself? You know, what's that like? Like, I remember feeling sorry for him at first, but now that I know more about him, I, I don't know. Like he 
just seemed like he maybe wasn't all that mentally well either. I feel like he like he doesn't really act like he was really phased by it all. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's just very bizarre. So I don't know. I felt I felt really bad for Andrea. I know she's probably going to be institutionalized for the rest of her natural life because she's got to live with the fact that she killed her own babies because she wasn't right. And that's not fair. No person should be denied medical care because of religious influence and because of not understanding science, you know, because that's at the end of the day, that's what it is. You know, mental health care and medications are science and they're factual and they're real. And when someone denies themselves true and honest medical care because their religious beliefs tarnish that or they're not believing in science or whatever the hell it is don't allow them to believe in it It, it's just it's fucking scary is what it is and i just i feel so bad for her and i can't imagine that her life is very easy i am very happy that they did decide against putting her in jail and actually put her somewhere where she could get the help that she needed agreed so that part does make me happy me too and i just i really hope that she finds peace And that she realizes someday that her babies aren't burning in hell and that this wasn't her fault and that it was her mental illness that did this, nothing else, not, not anything other than her brain just being against her. I don't know. Anytime when it has to do with kids, I'm always very sad. Right. Like when I was watching the YouTube video, like I was legit like sitting there, like tears running down my face. And I'm just like, Oh my God, Brittany, you little bitch. (laughs) everything makes me cry. I watched, I, I read a Facebook ad for something that wasn't real. And I thought it was real and it made me sad. And it was just like, Oh my God, it was for uh, dog meat. <laughs> and I was like, so sad because it was like, they were talking about huskies and it being husky dog meat. And I was like, I could never eat my dog. And how could somebody eat my dog? And then I imagined my dog is a cheeseburger and then I got really fucking sad and I started to cry my husband's like you're okay it's not real and then I was like it's not real but it's so sad and then I cried (laughs) so you know but in other countries they do eat dog yeah they do and that makes me sad because I love my dog and she is my bestie and I would be so sad without her my dog's currently curled up in the front of the fireplace his farts have been like super loud lately. <laughs> he keeps scaring himself awake. So funny. Uh, that's uh, and with that, that's the story of Andrea Yates. Thank you for listening to Canadian Crime Chicks. Follow at Can Crime Chicks on Twitter to vote on polls. Follow at Canadian Crime Chicks on Instagram to hear about future episodes. If you have a crime you want to hear about, or a crime you want to talk about, email CanadianCrimeChicks at gmail.com. Spread the word about Canadian Crime Chicks. Rate and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Music is Anxiety by Kai Engel. Produced by David Johnson. New episodes, Saturdays. <laughs>